0: in the boar's nest listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest
1: hey it's amy brown here to talk about saint jude children's research hospital for 60 years saint jude doctors and researchers have helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20 percent to more than 80 percent but we need your help getting that number to 100 percent. and most important your support means that families will never receive a bill from saint jude for treatment travel housing or food Now, that peace of mind means so much. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text BOBBY to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833.
0: Oh, yeah. Welcome to episode 312 with Lacey K. Booth. I think you will love hearing from Lacey K. Booth. One, there is a buzz about her as a new artist in town that you rarely hear about. Luckily for me, I've known her for a couple of years because I mentored on American Idol. She was one of my favorites. Walker Burroughs, who's still with me and still performs in The Raging Idiots, but still, I mean, he just does that because we ask him to come play piano. He doesn't do that because he needs the work, but he was one of my favorites. Lazy K. Booth, one of my favorites, but I'll play some of her music in a little bit, but you'll you'll love hearing from her. Okay, let's check out the new music this week. At number five, Kane Brown has a new song called One Mississippi. Here's a clip. One
2: Mississippi Two, Mississippi Three. Shots of whiskey, are you? On your way? We're tipsy, baby. Come kiss me. I can't wait. I can't wait. Mississippi 2.
0: Mississippi. Anderson East has a new album called Maybe We Never Die. I'm a big Anderson East fan. It's good to hear new music from him. Here is a new song called Hood at My Car. A.G. Anderson East, huh? Yeah. I mean, in the past, it's been acoustic, rough, gritty. He's got he's got the. To... Yeah. Maggie Rose has a new album out called Have a Seat. Here is a new song called Are We There Yet? Will
2: we ever stop Are we
0: there yet? Maggie's so good. You guys check out her new album, Have a Seat. Are we there yet? Keith Urban has a new song out called Wild Hearts. Here's a clip of that. Like and Runaway June. They have a new EP called Backstory. So Runaway June's EP and here's a new song called Forgot About That.
2: But the second that you walked in, I forgot about that.
0: Albums out, Martina has the greatest hits album. Lord is putting out solar power. Stargell Simpson has a new album out called "The Ballad of Dodd and Juanita," or is it Dude? It's Dude, right? Spelled weird, yeah. Yeah, "The Ballad of Dude and Juanita." Um, All good things, I hope in hell. Switchfoot has a new album out today. How about that? Remember Switchfoot? Dare you to move? I dare you to move. That's a jam back in the day. We were meant to live.
2: We were meant to live for so sure. and we lost some. I don't
0: even know what they say there. All right couple things. Eddie and I are going to talk in a second about artists who discovered other artists. And you'll hear from Lacey K. Booth. Pretty cool. Thank you guys for hanging out. There was a really cool article about popular musicians who were discovered by other popular musicians. And so I'll give you the person. See if you can identify who discovered them. Okay. Some of these you may know. Who discovered Travis Scott? Who is Travis Scott? Okay, that'd be a tough one for Eddie. Yes. (laughs) Uh, T.I. T.I. heard Travis Scott's song "Lights," Lovesick, and decided to meet with him. Freestyled over "Animal," signed with T.I.'s label. I mean, Travis Scott's basically the. I mean, he has McDonald's top three biggest hip hop artists right, right now, now. Yeah, yeah, right. We say top three, top yeah. three, top five. Astro Astro World huge album. Uh, Jamie Foxx helped Ed Sheeran start his career. Sheeran really? came to Foxx's radio show in Los Angeles, and Jamie Foxx was a fan of his music. And he allowed Sharon to crash on his couch for six weeks. Wow. He also took Ed Sharon to a large open mic night where he got a standing ovation. That's crazy. How
3: do you think someone like that?
0: You don't. You, you help other people.
3: Okay, you just
0: carry it on. Yeah, that's how. You, you constantly are like, thank you, but you help other people. Man. That's how.
3: Uh, who discovered Nicki Minaj? Oh, uh, Nicki Minaj would probably be... Um, yeah. Um, what's her name? Lil Wayne did. Oh, not yeah, not, not like, what's her yeah, name. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. uh, Lil Wayne discovered Nicki Minaj. One Direction discovered Five Seconds of Summer on YouTube. I figure you struggle with that one because you really wouldn't
3: Thank know. Thank you. Thank yeah. you for sparing me on that. You wouldn't
0: know about the Five Sauce. <laughs> <laughs> he don't know about that Five Sauce, does he? Uh, mind? SOS? He doesn't. Yeah, what?
3: SOS? Seconds yeah. of Summer? Yeah. Five Sauce. Five, yeah, yeah, Five Sauce.
0: Um, what about Charlie Puth? Who discovered him?
3: Okay, okay. Charlie Puth. I'm only one call away, away. Uh, let's go with um Harry Styles Ellen really Ellen discovered Charlie
0: Puth on YouTube and then signed him to her label. He later moved to Atlantic Records and then
2: oh, it's been a long
0: that one or um, his, uh, it's hard for me to sing when I'm playing. Um, oh I was about to sing it. There it is. That's it. This what was is it? this was the big
3: one.
2: It's been a
3: long Oh yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah. I, I guess I do like a lot of his songs. Charlie Puth? Yeah. Yeah. Scooter Braun
0: discovered Justin Bieber, but Usher is the one who made him his protege.
3: Really? Mm
0: -hmm. Fallout Boy discovered Panic at the Disco. Who discovered Eminem? Mm -mm.
3: Jay-Z? Mm-mm.
0: Do you know the story? Kid Rock. Eminem was on a radio show. Mike, you can fact check me on this because I'm just going from memory here. Eminem was on a radio show. Uh, Freestyling, and Dr. Dre heard him.
3: Dr. Dre did... Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. I remember them doing that. My name is...
0: There's another story. An Interscope Records intern saw Eminem perform at the Rap Olympics and then passed the CD along to Jimmy... Jimmy, Jimmy Levine, who played it for Dr. Dre. Blah, blah, blah. The story I heard is not that one. Okay. That's that's probably the real one. <laughs> the one about him... You ever heard the one on the radio? No. You haven't heard that one? I thought he discovered the tape, and then he went back and found him from that. Maybe. Maybe the one I saw is in, you know. Oh yeah, 97 Eminem appeared on a radio show called The Wake Up Show. Dr. Dre heard him freestyling. See, there are two stories out. That's the one that I knew. But that one could be fake because that's a better one. Have you ever interviewed Eminem? No. No, but I had a friend who did a talk show with him once. I keep my friend's name out of this. And he goes, yeah, I did a talk show. Eminem was a musical guest and he was a real dick. Really? And that's a good, because I expect him to be. Yeah, you want yeah. him to be. Yeah. I was like, I don't need him being you know, the, the person he doesn't portray. You don't
3: want him to be like, oh, hi, hi, my name is Marshall. And is he, that his w- name Marshall? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> he wasn't mean. He, was just by, he just wouldn't want to talk to anybody. Yeah. Uh, number two, who discovered Lady Gaga? Oh, uh, Bradley Cooper. Akon. Sorry, Eddie. <laughs> and then Drake discovered The Weeknd. I was talking with a friend yesterday, and he goes, hey, are you a fan of The Weeknd?
3: Mm-hmm.
0: And I said, No. He said, do you not like him? I
3: said, no. Don't care either way?
0: Well, his songs come on, and I'm like, I like that song. But I don't know anybody who just goes, I love The Weeknd. I yeah. can't get enough of The Weeknd. I have people who like The Weeknd when his music plays. But are, will you when The Weeknd puts out new music, are you like, I got to go hear The New Weeknd?
3: No. No, but it, usually when he puts out new music and it's on the radio, I know it's The Weeknd. Yeah. Oh, so it's that, great. That's kind of cool.
0: Yes. What he does is, is awesome. But I'm just not a fan, nor do I know people who are, like, he's their top three artists.
3: Yeah. And probably one, like, I think... As time goes on and you start looking at, like, who played the Super Bowl, he's gonna stick out, I think, later on in life, where it's just like, who is that? Like, what, who, who? Maybe, I don't know, he has so many hits, though. But everyone's legends, 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 yeah. legends, and then the weekend just snuck in there.
0: He has so many hits, though. Like, his streaming numbers are just yeah. crazy. Okay, there you go. We're gonna talk to Lacey K. Booth coming up in just a second. Sue Brewer, and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest.
1: it's Amy Brown here to talk about the incredible work that's being done by St. Jude Children's Research Hospital and to ask you today to join me in becoming a partner in hope. When you make a donation to St. Jude, you're helping an organization that has helped push the overall childhood cancer survivor rate from 20% to more than 80%. And I can tell you from personal experience, that number and the hope that it brings is invaluable. Families do not have to worry about a thing. Treatment is covered, travel, housing, food. And when you're a family that's going through this, like imagine you're a parent, your kid gets cancer. You need to focus on that child. You don't need to be worrying about other things. And financial stuff can get really stressful. St. Jude covers it. Your support means families never receive a bill from St. Jude for treatment. And when you sign up for just $19 a month, you're going to get the new This Shirt Saves Lives tee. So join me in helping St. Jude in the fight against childhood cancer. Become a partner in hope and text Bobby to 785-833. That's B-O-B-B-Y to 785-833.
0: It's good to see you.
4: It's great to see you. Get up
0: on the microphone there. It's weird. I was talking to, um, who texted me about you the other day? Let me look at my text here. Someone (laughs) that I really like admire texted me and was like, hey, have you heard of this girl? Oh, my gosh. Hold on. Because once, oh, oh, it was Dan Huff.
4: (laughs) I love Dan.
0: So Dan Huff (laughs) texts me and goes, hey, have you heard of Lacey K. Booth? And he sent me like a picture and a link. And I was like, heard of her? I was like, I knew her before you knew her, (laughs) and so he was like, "Oh man!" And Dan doesn't often. First of all, he never asks me to play anything, Mm -hmm. but he will go, "Hey, this person's like special," Mm -hmm. and he doesn't say that very often. And he did message me and say, "Yeah, there's something different about this."
4: Oh my god!
0: Which and he was like, "How do you know her?" I was like, "Well, how long ago were we on Idol together?" Two years. Was it two? It was
4: 2019. Mm
0: -hmm. So however long ago I was like she was like one of the only people I ever just wanted to win and I, I would never be like alright here's what you need to do to just move forward in the show I know you, you helped
4: me out a great bit
0: so well let's let's just rewind a little bit and I'll act like I know nothing about you okay <laughs> Okay. so you grew up in Texas so I didn't know that I guess <laughs> um, well, how long have you been here in Nashville now
4: um I moved September after 2019 after I was in Idol so two years almost two years.
0: So you've lived here for two years and a lot of that was the covid time though. Right. What did you do while living here? Cuz you didn't really have any any sort of roots yet Mm-mm. when you were here and it you know the good thing about moving to Nashville is you meet a lot of people quick. Right. But that that wasn't able to happen for you.
4: Not really. I met a lot of people virtually. Yeah. So I when I first moved here I got into a lot of good rooms with writers and um it was my first experience ever co-writing. And uh, it was amazing. I wrote by myself my whole life. So just co-writing with different people. And then during the pandemic,
0: virtually, I got to have a lot of co-writes. I
4: wrote over 300 songs during the pandemic.
0: Did you write with humans before COVID? Were you here a little bit before COVID? A little bit. Mm -hmm. So you did did. get some of that.
4: I did. Yeah, Yeah, I did.
0: Um, I remember talking, maybe it was your mom. I was with you and your mom. Mm -hmm. We were, and did they move with you? No, they, they didn't. Were they going to, though? When I Was, was that? And I Probably, was like, you were like, no, I she like, needs no, to move <laughs> it by herself. Yes, I, t- I remember telling your mom that. She was like, I'm, I'm going to move. I'm like, no, you have to let her go by herself. Like, and it, it was
4: the best thing. It really has been the best thing. I, I've grown up a lot.
0: So what happens? You move here after American Idol, which you, I believe, were top five. Mm-hmm. Do you know, what number were you? Do you remember? Top five. Because mm-hmm. it kind of doesn't matter. Once the show's over, it doesn't matter if you're one, two, three, four, five. Right. It matters what you do after mm-hmm. that. You leave you go home to Texas for a minute. For a minute. And did you know you were moving to Nashville?
4: No, I didn't. I, I knew I wanted to go and you know, talk with some labels and, and ride a little bit. And so I, I came here for about two weeks and um and had you know, I stayed in a little temporary apartment and then realized I love co writing and I loved Nashville, so I came here for it was supposed to be just three months in another temporary apartment and um and then I was like, No, I'm moving here so
0: you said you love co-writes because I'm assuming like most people you just wrote songs by yourself as a young kid. Right. When did you start to play music at all? When did, when did you pick up a guitar and start writing songs? 9 years old. And who puts a guitar in your hand or how do you even become exposed to one?
4: Well, my dad, he was a, he's a Texas music artist, so he um I I have been around guitars and banjos and all kinds of stuff my whole life. So I he taught me my first three chords and then at 9 years old I I got a little baby um Abenez, and I started just playing and Googling what chords were.
0: <laughs> I remember that was part of the storyline that was on you. It was like, her dad's a Texas country artist. <laughs> and, um, and you would play shows with him some, right? Would you, Yes. Were, yeah. you, were you and your dad super close or was he gone a lot?
4: He was gone a lot throughout my whole childhood. And then around 15, uh, 14 or 15, he took me to Arkansas to... Um, to record some music and I recorded like four songs and then we got really close and um, we stayed pretty close throughout that time and I opened for him at a bunch of shows and played little guitar pools with him.
0: That's pretty cool. Is he teaching you as you're on the road were you kind of taking lessons from him as well about being an artist or at least watching kind of what happens if right. you're an artist how hard it actually is?
4: Exactly. Did
0: you notice that when you're a teenager like you know it's not like on TV where you're <laughs> flying on your own jet Yeah, exactly. Never, I mean it's it's a hard life to tour. Hard. And you Art. would see this with your dad? Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and he so wanted much. you to do that?
4: You know, him and my mom and stepdad all told me, get a degree first. Get it. So I was in college when I tried out for American Idol. I was 30 hours away from my bachelor's degree.
0: Yeah, I remember you not being there but being so close to it. So close. And you went on. Now, you're not. You You're, 30, you're 30, still 30 credits short, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. And you know Probably what, you, a lot more now, too. <laughs> but you can go back and get that at any time. Yeah. You really can't go back and get that anytime. You right. have a you know, a window for you that that's really opening up. Um, so what was the conversation like with your parents that hey, I wanna move to Nashville without you?
4: Oh, my mom cried and cried. Um, she well, she she knew that I wanted to move there eventually, but she thought out she would have me home for a couple months. And those three months that I came here and stayed in the temporary apartment, I was like, I'm gonna get like a apartment for a year and I just never went home. I just moved in.
0: Did you feel like when you got to Nashville and you started to be around other artists that were making a career out of this and they are, all I mean, everybody's good here. So good. Everybody's so good. That you move here and you're either so intimidated or you're so inspired because you go, I can be that good. You know, where did it fall with you?
4: I think it was the inspired because people, you know, I I haven't been very social my whole life. Um, Moving here has made me, you know, more extroverted than I've ever been. But people have welcomed me with open arms here. Like, so many people, really, really incredibly talented people, just super supportive. And I'm just inspired by everybody here.
0: When you get here, do you start to go to any little small, you know, songwriter nights and playing or trying to... Did that happen at all with you at first?
4: Um, I got to go to Bluebird, my very first songwriter round. So (laughs) that was just, like, super... Intimidating, yeah. <laughs> Did
0: you play in the round where you sit in the middle? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, in a circle. It's pretty tough, huh? Because I mean, the people are sitting right on you. They're oh, I mean, they're right like on looking your elbows. At your yeah. Every move, yeah. yeah.
4: It was. Uh, I was so nervous, but
0: were you more nervous that or performing in front of like six million people on TV?
4: I think I was more more nervous with that. Just that small, more small group of people watching your every move, and, and then playing original songs for me has always been like, ugh.
0: Do. you? Okay, playing original songs. Are those all the songs? I'm going to play some of the stuff from from your record here. oh thank you. Um, is this all stuff that you've written since you came to Nashville? Mm-hmm. Do you find that a lot of the stuff that you wrote before you got here wasn't as as solid as you thought it was once you started to Oh
2: get
4: yeah. Oh, 100%. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I want to Here's a little bit of uh, used to you. This is uh, Lacey K Booth. I'm,
2: I'm so used to you. Sleep in the
0: So when you, when you make this record, does your label try to go and take all the other stuff down? Was there that effort where,
4: like my old like music, it, yeah, it, I don't or know. is it still it's, up? It's still up. Oh yeah.
0: Do you like it still being up? No. Have you thought? <laughs>
4: <laughs> well, you know the songs. No, I recorded that at Rosewood Studios in um, Texas, and they did a really great job. But uh, the songs, I'm just kind like, uh.
0: <laughs> so like, of like, so you like you like the production, yeah, but you can hear how. You've graduated in songwriting.
4: And vocals, too.
0: Yeah? Yeah. What's it like to go in front of these uh, record guys, like you, Scott Borchetta, like, did you have to go play in front of these guys, or did they just know what you sounded like, and they're like, okay, we like you?
4: I had to go play for them, and okay. this is a really funny story, because I went over at Jimmy Harnan's house, which is the president of my label, along with Scott Borchetta, and um, Jimmy actually was having Christmas with Dan Huff, um, a Christmas party, and Dan showed him a song of mine, and that's how the hookup happened, and... Um, I went over to Jimmy's house, and it was the whole radio team, the whole team, and Scott sitting in front of me. And um, he looked at me. I was playing a song that was already really high for my but my voice, and he looked at me. He said, "Capo up." And I was like, "Okay." So I put my capo up, sang it in a higher key, and then he said, "Capo up again." <laughs> I did it. I don't know how I hit those notes, but I was
0: like, "Oh." <laughs> was it one of those experiences where they go, "All right"? We're going to sign you to a deal right then. Or were they like, hey, that's great. Then you go about your life and they call you back two weeks later and say, we like
4: you. They signed me on the spot, which yeah. was very surprising. And they said they never do that. But um, yeah, I cried right in front of them.
0: <laughs> so what did they tell you that meant to you? Like, I know what it means to you. But when someone says, I sign you on the spot, like what's different about your life? And, and what's different about your musical you know, journey from that day on?
4: I don't know. I, I just felt really surreal at the moment and I I couldn't believe it, but it also felt like home, and I f- it felt like everything changed. It really did.
0: Did they start to match you with uh, better songwriters or, or put you in different rooms or producers or Dan? Like, what what ha- right. what happened that when they signed you, you're like, oh, this now feels different?
4: Well, when they signed me, it was January of 2020, and then all of a sudden, the pandemic uh, hit. yeah. So it was like, it didn't really feel different, but, I, I mean, I got in rooms with, you know, Hillary Lindsey and... Virtual rooms, so I I felt like you know I started getting in rooms with incredible songwriters. Yes, but
0: when you got here and it was pre-pandemic, how did you get to? How did you get cool rights? Who was working that for you?
4: Um, Red Light Rachel, yeah, Yeah, my cool manager in Autumn House from Red Light.
0: So they're they're working, they're finding your rooms. Did you find these? uh, How welcoming were they to a girl who just moved here from Texas, who? Just came off American Idol. Did you feel like they, they were kind of open arms with you? Oh, my gosh, yes.
4: And I couldn't believe, like, one of my first rides was with Nathan Chapman and Emily Landis. And I, I walked in, and Nathan has, you know, his Grammys on his piano. And I just think that's the coolest thing. It was really surreal, but they, they really welcomed me with open arms. And that song we wrote that first week I was here was Heart of Texas, which was the North Star of this whole project.
0: I'll play some Heart of Texas. This is actually <laughs> the last track on the album, right? right. On I the eight was songs? Wild
2: and I was reckless and broke the heart of Texas. No one's ever seen a cowboy start to cry. I guess that's why they ride.
0: When you say that was the North Star of the project, what do you mean?
4: When I wrote it, I had they were like, what's your style of music? Like, what genre are you in in country? And I just blurted out, dreamy country. And I just totally made that up. But, you know, they have dream pop stuff. So I thought that was a pretty good idea of who I was as an artist. And um, I just wanted this whole project to feel very dreamy country. And I think that has a lot to do with Me being influenced by Stevie Nicks and Nora Jones.
0: Did you sing any Stevie Nicks on American Idol? Dreams. Did you? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, all that even speaking of Dreamy, all that feels like a blur to me now. (laughs) Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Seuss Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts. That's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter The Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest, Sue Brewer, and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food, so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me, in this fight and just text the word Bobby Seven eight five eight three three. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to seven eight five eight three three. Were you with Walker Hayes on the same? Were se- Walker Burroughs in the same season? Yep, I was. That was, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, that was my favorite season. But I mean, like Walker Burroughs still plays with me and he still tours amazing. with me, and it's like it. Right? Isn't he like the nicest guy?
4: And so is Emma. Emma and, does Emma play with you still? She
0: does. She's well, Emma incredible. opened for me for an entire tour playing. I would do stand up at theaters, and she would open for me. But yeah, it, that was a that. really good like group of people. Very good group. And what's funny about like an American Idol now is that people don't look at it like they used to. You mm-hmm. used to come off that show people are like, oh, it's American Idol. Now people look at, you find any way possible mm-hmm. to make any connection with people, build a platform, and then if you're good, come to town, we will make you even better. Right. I feel that way with a lot of people. Like Chase just won the show and mm-hmm. I was telling him, same thing I was telling you, you have to move to town. Yep. Like you may think that you're going to do what you're doing, but the bad, the good and bad about Idol is, the bad is, once you're off, it goes away. Right. Nobody gives a crap right. anymore. But that's also good because you're not pigeonholed as the Idol person. Exactly. And you'll have to do interviews for a bit, and people will ask you, your first time around, they're going to ask about American Idol, mm-hmm. and you're going to kind of grit your teeth and be like, I really don't want to talk about American Idol, <laughs> but you'll do it. The second time, it won't even be a thing anymore.
2: Right.
0: You know? And that's right. what's great, especially if you're good, and you're really good. <laughs> and I always knew you were really good. <laughs> and I would always or you know it wasn't a lot of people that i would genuinely care about but i remember you know working you with,
4: you did you helped like, me out a lot you built my confidence in a lot
0: of ways because you're freaking I good. felt like i had somebody in my corner you and- were somebody who didn't know how good they were yet <laughs> and i remember telling you that like you're so good you have no idea how good you are thank you and i didn't think you would win because of the, how the people vote on that show and who votes mm-hmm. um lane 1 lane 1 lane's mm. a good looking dude and you know the, the <laughs> people that are voting on that show they're mostly looking for, for a young, good-looking dude. I think we knew that. But you came off, and I was so proud you moved here, and I was checking up on you. and know, I was watching videos you were doing. I would seeing them from Rachel. Rachel was, because I, you know, I'm a red light, too. Did you know that? Yes, okay. I did. So I was keeping up with you. And then I saw you started to kind of, you know, make music, and I listened to it, and I listen to anybody's music, because I never want to kind of be, I never want to, like, be the person that is giving people advice. I don't want to be a advice guy in music. Yeah. But I'm really proud that you're here. And I think you're going to do just awesome things. And I saw you were doing a radio tour last week.
4: Have I? Oh, I'm still doing radio tour virtually. You are. But yeah.
0: That's how you know. Are you going to do you going to drive around and see people eventually?
4: I hope so. Yeah, it was supposed to be like that, but with, you know, covid cases going up.
0: When they start to spend money on you, you know they believe in you in this town. <laughs> right. Because right. they I mean, they could spend money in many different ways, but when they spend it on an artist and you have a team that will Stab somebody to make to get a hit. <laughs> yeah, ready yeah. to tell you that. Like your team will I, run someone over. Intense. They will run someone over the car. If I were standing in the way of some song doing, and they would run me over, both of them. shadow <laughs> would would shoot me with a jet. But, but so all that said, like, do you feel like now you feel mature enough in your songwriting and mm-hmm. singing to actually go out and do this thing on a on a major level?
4: Yeah, I do, and it feels really weird
0: saying that, but I. I just feel really grateful.
4: I, I feel like everything has fallen into my lap in place, and and I don't, you know, really know how, but I'm just, I'm very, very lucky and thankful.
0: Were you good as a kid? Like, were you doing any, like, seven-year-old, sh- or I guess if you did it at nine? I like nine talent shows. You did?
4: <laughs> but, you know, I sing really nasally, like, through my nose, really bad, and so I didn't really discover my voice, and I knew I couldn't belt, like, Carrie Underwood or Martina McBride, and I thought that made me, like, suck as an artist, but, um, or a... Vocalist, and but after you know discovering Nora, Nora Jones and Stevie Nicks, I,
0: I feel like if you're 12 or 13 and you're singing like you are, were you known as the kid that likes to do that music? Sings. Yeah. Yes, you were I was, that
4: Yes, I was the kid that sang "Crazy" by Patsy Cline.
0: Was like, that your go-to? Yes. <laughs> if you were, if you're doing karaoke and, and they had "Crazy," would you get yep. up and sing it? Yep. Do you, do you <laughs> still sing that in a show? Or
4: you no know, I don't. I haven't sang it in years.
0: Are you playing shows right now?
4: Um, I'm doing like riders rounds when I can. Here. When mm-hmm.
0: When is she going out, Rachel? I hope soon.
4: She might be going out
0: this fall. Maybe this fall, if everything. Yeah. yeah. That's that's exciting. You don't know, don't say don't say anything here right now. But do you have? Is it with somebody? Uh-huh. Are you pretty pumped about? Yes. You can tell me afterward. Don't say yes. it here.
4: Okay.
0: <laughs> that's pretty cool. I'm
4: excited.
0: Yeah, I I hope so. So okay, well, what's the goal? What's the goal for this year? Like before December 31st of 2021, what do you what do you kind of hope has happened?
4: I hope that. My song goes on radio and, and does good, you know.
0: What is the single? Oh, is a treasure. Is it? Okay, let me mm-hmm. let me play some treasure here.
2: More, you,
0: you talking about. You know, great songwriters. You wrote this with uh, Jesse, Joe, Dillon, Jimmy, Robbins, and Laura Velt. Yeah. When you get in a room like that, is there any sort of intimidation when you first walk in? Oh, a hundred percent. And you know, them? I knew
4: all of them before, um, but you know, just walking in all three of them together, yeah, it was really intimidating. But they're such great people and so talented that I just you know trust that it's going to go really
0: well. Do you tell them? I'm pretty intimidated by this room. Um, no. no. Do you, do no. you walk in with, all the, with the idea, the big idea, and go, okay, I got the idea, or do you kind of follow leads?
4: It's, it's always different. Sometimes I have an idea that I just really want to write that day, but uh, the day I wrote Treasure, uh, Laura looked at me and said, we were playing around with the saying, one man's trash is another man's treasure, and she said, would you call yourself trash in a song?
0: And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, here is On the Fence. It's track number two. Stray
2: tequila or cheap red wine. Call it a party or call it a night. Could go either way or where the wind blows. They lights and lighting up backwards. Cash and wailing, shoot or smoke. I change my mind like I change my clothes.
0: has your mom been out here yet oh yeah oh she has oh
4: yeah she she comes out you know she tries to come out every couple months
0: and what, what does she think about it now now that we're you know a year year and a half later
4: she's just still in awe of it all she um we talk every day and she's just she's really proud and she still cries about it
0: <laughs> does she still want to move here if you said mom i'd like you to move here would she
4: um i feel like she has so much family in our hometown that you know and she's the caretaker of everybody she loves to take care of people so i feel like um she's gonna stay there for a while but my brother is actually moving here next week to go to belmont
0: now was that the same decision he would have made before you came here
4: i don't know i don't know but you know he wants to go to law school and they have a good three and three program and he's excited
0: i don't know what three and three means
4: just six years and you're done with law school. Oh, got it. Yeah, I guess that's
0: Did you know that, Mike? <laughs> I did not know yeah, that. I, I thought it was like a meet I didn't dream. know it till. <laughs> <laughs> so are you guys going to live together?
4: Yep. He's moving in with me. Really? I got a, a three-bedroom rent house that I just got, and so he's going to stay upstairs.
0: That's pretty cool, huh? Are you <laughs> yeah. excited about that? I am. I'm yeah? excited.
4: You know, we're seven years apart, so I feel like we didn't really get to be that close as kids.
0: You're seven years apart? hmm He's a lot younger than you. You have to be mm-hmm. the... the big sister then that's
4: yeah I, I don't know whether to be the cool sister or the strict sister you can
0: be both yeah as long i don't know the strict's the word but you can yeah. be the, the sister that makes him have to be responsible right wow you're gonna you're seven years older than him yeah <laughs> you're gonna have to watch over this town
4: i know have you
0: been out have you been going out at all like at night like to yeah, yeah. you can get trouble here if you're not yeah. careful
4: yeah and quickly mm, quickly oh i'm you know, I did my fair share of Broadway when I moved here. Yeah,
0: I mean, you have to, a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> what does your hometown think about this? And you, uh, you like you, when they when you go on Idol and now you're, you're going to be a big star, like what, what do they think? What are they doing?
4: I feel like they're very proud. You know, I I went home, I think, for a little bit during Idol and there was just, you know, my face on every sign and it was just really cool. But they're, they're still really, really supportive. And, you know, I'll get on Facebook and I'll see they're sharing my music and it's really cool.
0: Lovingly dubbed as The Boar's Nest, Seuss Place was an intimate staging ground where a new breed of singer-songwriters, wounded souls, wayward upstarts, that's where they would spur each other and tap into something bigger and something realer. Starring Mandy Moore and featuring Eben Moss Backrack as Shel Silverstein and T.J. Osborne as Johnny Cash alongside a full ensemble cast. Audible invites you to enter The Boar's Nest and experience the rise of a musical revolution. One woman, one time, one place. The Boar's Nest. Sue Brewer, and the birth of Outlaw Country Music. Listen now at audible.com slash the boar's nest. Hey, it's Bobby Bones. I just want to say thanks to everybody who has stepped up for the kids at St. Jude. St. Jude's been leading the way in the world's best survival rates for some of the most aggressive forms of childhood cancer. Your support means that families never get a bill from St. Jude for treatment or travel or housing or food, so the families can focus on helping their child live. And that really hits home for me because I've been to St. Jude many times. I've hung out with the kids, played music for the kids. I was in the hospital a lot as a kid. Now, I didn't have cancer, but if it wasn't for people stepping up, I don't know that I would have been able to go and stay in the hospital and be taken care of. So that's why we do this, take care of others. You can help St. Jude stop childhood cancer by becoming a partner in hope. When you do this, you'll get this awesome new This Shirt Saves Lives shirt. So join all the doctors and researchers, you know, and me, in this fight, and just text the word Bobby to 785-833. It's only six numbers, but text the word Bobby to 785-833. Well, Lacey K. Booth, I'm super proud of you.
4: Thank you. Thank you for having me on here. It's it's an honor.
0: No, we, I, we tried to have you last week, but you were too busy with the radio tour being a, <laughs> being a big shot. That's a great problem to have. <laughs> I was like, hey, Mike, let's get um, you know Lacey in, and he was like, all right. He's like, well, she has a radio tour at this time and this at this time, and I was like, dang it, but good for her. <laughs>
4: oh, it's always a great you.
0: problem to be busy. How's your voice? Like, you feel like?
4: Uh, I feel like it's it's good.
0: It's. Do you have? Are you having to retrain yourself to sing in certain ways because you're singing so much? Yes,
4: yes, a hundred percent. I feel like um, I, I feel like I've worked on it a
0: lot too. Meaning, you just... pra- you practice with someone? Do you have a vocal coach? No,
4: no. But I just remember what Nick taught me. <laughs> Which the, is vocal, my vocal coach and
0: yeah, what did he teach you? Title.
4: Humming, just warming up, and he said I should swim, which I haven't been swimming.
0: But what does swimming do for like what? what
4: I, I think I have problems with like breathing, in my lungs, so I think swimming helps build that muscle or whatever.
0: So you have these eight songs. Let me play one more before you go. Play me shuffle,
2: Mike. <laughs> Stand by your man, and goodbye her. My country is real persuasive, more You're in trouble. My heart's on shuffle. By.
0: And you wrote all these songs, mm-hmm. which, with a new artist, isn't often the case because it's just, hey, let's just try to grab the best songs we possibly can, and then we'll. we'll right. Um, how important was it to you to to write? All, and by the way, all the songs are great. I think Thank other you. artists would cut these if you weren't, you <laughs> know, cutting so them. Right. Um, was it important to you to write all the songs?
4: You know, once I moved to Nashville and got the hang of co-writing, it became real, I became obsessed with it. And so, yeah, at, at that point, after I wrote Heart of Texas, I think I was like, yeah, I want to write all the songs. And I did do the, I went to the pitch meetings and got pitched a bunch of amazing songs. But I think, yeah, I just wanted, I knew I wanted to write all of them.
0: The one you did with Charles Kelly, did you guys write that together? Mm-hmm. So yeah. how, how does that write happen?
4: Um, he is signed to Big Machine, so that, I think that helped. And um, who Did somebody show my music?
0: So was that on purpose? Oh, Rachel. That was on purpose? It was, yeah. So so it was like, hey, Charles, write with her for Mm. her. Yeah. Was it write with her for her as a duet? Did you guys get in the room and write this song as a duet No, we didn't. But
4: he hopped, like, right after we wrote it, he hopped on, because we were demoing it, and um, his vocals. I was just like, you have to do that in the actual recording and, you know, turn up his vocals because... He's just so talented.
0: Isn't it crazy how good people really are here? I know we talked about it at the beginning. but Insane. it's Insane. I, I will go places or even on American Idol or if I'm touring and people are like, you got to hear this person. And I just want to shake them and go, you have to go to Nashville and hear what, what how people sound at a bar. Right. Because they're so Cause they're good. So, they're, they're so good that even the great people are struggling to find mm-hmm. work because everybody is so good here. Right. It's like the major leagues. Just walk
4: leagues. down Broadway. Yeah. And you're just like,
0: whoa. And then when a Charles Kelly sings or a Carrie mm-hmm. or... It, it just feels like they're, it's like aliens.
4: Yeah. Mm hmm. There's a bunch of A listers here. There's yep. a, bu-
0: a bunch of A <laughs> list alien singers. That is for sure. Okay, listen, you guys go follow La- Go. What, what are you having people call you now? Are you <laughs> having to call you Lacey K? La- Lacey,
4: you can call me Lacey. I Every- know I can. Everybody can. I always
0: did, but I don't know what you're, now you're big and famous. And, <laughs> I don't know what your famous rules are here. <laughs> are people calling you La- just Lacey? Some people call me Lacey K. What do your, what, what, cool. what's your family call you?
4: Lacey, Ladybug, Lacey K. I'm not calling you Ladybug,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I will keep calling you Lacey. You can follow her, Lacey K. Booth, on Instagram, uh, L-A-C-I-K-A-Y-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, go, you know, check out the music. Thank you.
4: Thank you so because much. Because I'm
0: telling you, when I get texts from people going, <laughs> Dan Huff. Dan is the greatest.
4: <laughs> he is. He's an incredible
0: person, too. He, that And you know what? That's number one, because a lot of people yeah. in this town can play and produce. But he's the greatest guy. Mm-hmm. And if you ever get a chance to hear his stories, which I don't know how much you guys worked and told, but he was playing for Michael Jackson. Yes. He told a story Singing. once. Yes, and everybody. In his own band, you know, he was kind of a rock star mm-hmm. himself. He told me the story once where he, he he was in an airport with his brother and they heard a song over the top and he was like, "Dang, that guitar part on that song's really good." Like he was admiring somebody's playing. And it was and him. it was him <laughs> but when he recorded it. <laughs> When he recorded it, he just recorded it by itself with no lyrics or anything.
4: Oh my god.
0: Um, so okay, I'm yeah. going I'm going to let you go. Oh. Um, and then that's all. Rachel, do you want to say anything? Come on up here. She's a badass. Yeah. <laughs> she is. I know she is. And it's weird for me. I sometimes I struggle whenever I know somebody and I have to interview them like I don't know them. Mm-hmm. And but I I just wanted to get you in so people would check out your music mostly. Thank you. That means a lot to me. It's great. There she is. Lacey K. Booth. You guys follow her. And I'm sure I'll see you at the radio show sometime soon. (laughs) All right? There you go. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. You can probably spell it. You probably know it. T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com. Find your new favorite pair of boots today. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh?
2: Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino.